from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Ursula, how did you feel about the 9 o'clock hour of the show? I'm going to say that for a Monday, it was the fastest <laughs> 9 o'clock hour in a long time. Was it? No, do you do you like your, you like for the hours to go fast or slow? I like it when they go fast because that means that we're on a roll. Mm-hmm. And I love it when the text line is humming. Mm-hmm. And we, we seem to always end a segment with much more that we want to say. When you said we're on the roll, I wanted to say like butter. <laughs> How are you or doing? banana okay. bread. <laughs> I know. Or it, banana bread. Yes. She brought in banana bread that was made by Lillian. How and was it? It was the best banana bread I've ever had in my entire life. But, oh. Yeah. Whoa. I'm not even usually a big fan of banana bread, but that I would buy an entire yeah. loaf. Nick, did you like the banana bread? Oh, yeah. Super sweet. I had all the flavors in there. I had the chocolate, okay. the banana, and the vanilla. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, real quick at 1030, what would you do if someone showed up on your porch covered in bear spray? What happened to our producer, Paul? And he's going to explain it at 1030. Yeah, I, I can't wait around. to hear that story. <laughs> but right, right now. Let's go. What's, what's new at 10? Okay, this is a phrase that has been bandied about for years. We were the worst state in the nation when it comes to tax fairness or the lack thereof, right? But it turns out now we are number two. And Danny Westnate in the Seattle Times, he's a columnist, uh, he pointed out that Washington is now the second worst state in the country for tax fairness, uh, which basically is because uh, everyone says we're the most regressive because we uh, have the poor paying much more than the rich in our state. But there's a new report out from the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy that finds the poorest families in Washington pay just over 17% of their income in state taxes, while the richest families pay only 3.6. So you may be asking, well, how did we now get down to being the second worst, uh, with Florida being the worst now? We have that new capital gains tax. You just heard Heather mention it. That raised nearly $900 million in the first year, which was far more than was expected. And then uh, a new working families tax credit uh, for the lowest income families in the state is also in effect. So um, we no longer have the The title of the worst, but we're still up there. Right. I want to... Because usually, if you've listened to the show, you know where I'm going to go with it. So today, I'm not going to go there. I'm not even going to bring up income tax, okay? I'm not going to bring that up. But I do want to ask this part of the equation. If you are listening and you live in the state of Washington, does it bother you? Does it bother you that the state of Washington is the second worst regressive tax state in the country? Does it bother you that every time Ursula is coming out with top five news stories or leading off the hours at 10 o'clock, you're coming up with and telling us about a new tax that is being talked about? I just wonder because it bothers me. Every time I hear it, it bothers me every time we hear about we remember when we voted on the legalization of marijuana, something that you voted against. Right. But there's a lot of us that did that saying, hey, well, I don't smoke marijuana. I don't partake in that. But at the same time, this will be awesome for the state because of that tax revenue. And I'm not saying that that tax revenue isn't being used to do something. It just feels like it just doesn't because every single time there's a new tax everywhere. So 
I'm not going to talk about income tax. I'm not going to talk about the fix. I only want to ask, and I don't, I don't even have an answer to it. Does it bother you that how taxed we are in this state? I think anymore the idea of another tax, I think even people who would normally vote to tax themselves are feeling stretched. Mm-hmm. I would include myself in that category. There was a time when, you know, whether it was increase my taxes to help pay for schools or whatever, I, it was almost an automatic yes for me because I feel like as my part in society, um, it is something that I can do that it's going to even if it even if I have my kids in a private school, you know, improving public schools will help all of us. But you did community wise. You, you know what you did? You and I, and I, I was kind of surprised. Remember just recently you yes. had an opportunity to yes. vote here in Seattle. Yes, and I said yes. And you said yes. Why yes. did you say yes then? Because again, for that same reasoning, it's like if if I'm going to be talking about the homelessness crisis that we are facing every single day yeah. and then I vote against this and then I justify it by saying, well, they're not doing a good job telling me what they're doing with the money so far, which is a legitimate argument. Um I I just I ultimately said to myself um, this is going to be small, uh, minuscule to me compared to uh, the problem that we have, and 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 why not um, try to at least make some kind of impact? Even though I think the message still needs to be, you need to do a better job with the money that we give you sure. to our politicians. Sure. But um, yeah, it bothers me. It, it does bother me that the poorest families in our state pay percentage-wise, so much more. And people always argue, well, you're still talking about, you know, the wealthiest people, it's under 4%, but that's just a larger amount of money that they're paying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but think about the impact it has on families. This is why, you know, this... it is so hard to get out from underneath the burdens that so right. many people face right. that they can't pay. They're robbing Peter to pay Paul. They can't pay all their bills because we have this huge gap. Well, at least there hasn't been an extra tax on gas here in the state. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> You're funny. Uh, but tax fairness is going to be on the ballot in November. So uh, it is. Is it 2109, Chef? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that would repeal Washington's capital gains tax because there are people, a lot of people, uh, you heard that it, it has raised more money than expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are people who they don't want still that. think it's unconstitutional. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, it would ban any potential future income tax in the state. Uh, that's initiative 2111. That's another one, too. So that would ban any potential future income tax in the state. Because that is a concern a lot of people have. It's like once you start. Uh, when do you end? Sure. Okay. So let's move on because there's something else that's being bandied about in Olympia. And this is the question. Should police be able to lie to criminals or accuse criminals in order to get confessions? A famously wrongfully convicted local icon testified about this in Olympia. And our reporter, Matt Markovich, is here to explain. Yes. Amanda Knox came and testified on behalf of the Washington uh, Innocence Project, and she basically brought her story, a very emotional testimony, what happened to her in Italy. And, you know, she basically underlined what the whole reason why she's testifying here. The worst day of that entire ordeal was the day that I was interrogated overnight by police officers who claimed to have evidence against me. They lied to me. I did not know they could lie to me. And in Washington state, it's legal for police to lie to you 
during an interrogation. Is it unique to Washington or isn't it? No, it's not unique. States, right? But but so right now nine states in across the country have a law banning lying to police in a juvenile case. That's nine states. We would be the first to not only include juveniles, but adults as well. So that's what they're talking about. And it's just about deception and all the tactics that the police use. Um, that's what they're going to try and get rid of in this bill, which is um, HB 1062 by Strom Peterson, a Democrat out of Edmonds, is sponsoring this. It's, it's very controversial because I just want to play this one last thing here just for you guys to balance out the argument. This is uh, James McMahon from the Police Chief Association. It's an unfortunate reality. We have to lie to people to get them to tell the truth. If we could somehow get people um, to actually be required to tell us the truth, we wouldn't have to lie. There. So, And frankly, I feel like that's kind of a good argument. Uh, as I look at this, I mean, I, uh, you know, just, the, just looking at it from my level here, I, I feel like you would be asking to take, unfortunately, mm-hmm. one of the tools out of the toolbox for police. When it right. comes to getting confessions, it's it's a thing called the read technique, and that's what the technique that they're really discussing here. And as it uh, it's been very effective by police. It's just, during the testimony they talked about how effective it is to get a criminal to confess to a crime, but also is very effective in getting someone who's completely innocent, who's in a stressful situation, to confess to something that they didn't really do. Uh, part of the testimony was um, a guy who was the first person exonerated by DNA evidence in the state of Washington in 2010. He was convicted of sexual assault in 1996. He was nine and a half hours of questioning with the Yakima Police Department. He caved, admitted, because they told him, hey, we have DNA evidence that you're the guy. Well, he knew he didn't do it, so he agreed, and turns out the police lied to him. They did not have any DNA evidence uh, on him that could have cleared him at the time. Uh, So they flat out lied to him. He got exonerated 10 years later because of new, uh, newly found DNA test uh, evidence about the person who really did the crime. So that's I'm summarizing this huge little this huge debate here for you. So you guys could debate about it. Should police lie in the state during custodial interrogations? That's when uh, someone's waived their Miranda rights, the right to remain silent. They ask questions, they lie to them to try to get a confession out of it or get evidence out. Again, very strong technique that's being used, but we would be the first state in the country to ban that for adults. So uh, how much support does this have Uh, in Olympia? it, It was mixed. It was mixed support. A lot of people understand that innocent people have been convicted uh, because they were pressured to uh, confess to a crime that they didn't commit. Uh, There's evidence of that. There was a lot of evidence of that. And that's why Amanda Knox has made this. She said there that she's made this her number one priority going around and testifying to eliminate the ability for police to lie in uh, during an interrogation. See, I, I can see both sides on this. I mean, you, you, you had a strong opinion during our yeah, morning meeting. I had a meeting. very strong opinion on this one. Uh, first of all, number one, I told you guys on Friday to watch the uh, show on Netflix. It's called American Nightmare, and it will help with this very topic right here. It's number one. Number two, I look at it like this. When there is a suspect that is going to be questioned, first of all, uh, if you're going to waive your Miranda rights, the right to remain silent, you better know what you're doing. You better know for a fact that you're good to go. I would suggest even if you are the most innocent person in the world, you need to have a lawyer there. Because what happens oh, yeah. is, is I'm not talking about the ones that are guilty. I don't feel sorry for them being lied to. 
I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the ones in our past that have been innocent. And those interrogations are brutal, brutal to the point where you are questioning your sanity, right? Like, oh, well, maybe I did do those things. And people don't think, well, if you didn't do anything, why would you admit to it? Those things are yeah. brutal. So I'm only ta- I'm not ta- I'm talking about the suspects who end up being innocent of these things and they're coerced into making it a confession. That has happened in the past. Those happens. I am still not on board with eliminating a, f- uh, a false statement to try to elicit a confession. I'm staying on that because I believe that there are things in place to prevent that from happening. For example, hey, uh, you have the right to remain silent, all that kind of stuff. Lawyer, done. Done. We're not even, you're not even asking me another question. Once I say lawyer, policeman, you can't ask me nothing else. Anything you ask me after I say lawyer is thrown out. So that's, that's not entirely why, true. Huh? That's not entirely. They can still, hey, you know, you don't need that. We're just in preliminary stages right now. So we just got a couple. Lawyer. They can, they can blow past you. Uh, no, they cannot. Once no, you ask for an no, attorney, they, cannot. They, you can, they can stop you. It's, you have to have an attorney present. It's over. Okay. You, you know what I mean? So, yes. so that's why I am not in favor of eliminating that tactic from the police because of the other things that are in place. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. This is just popping into my head because I think of I've never had to do interrogation. I've never been accused of a crime. But I think of how I act, even like with a police patrol car behind me, even though I've done absolutely nothing wrong. There's just an Mm -hmm. automatic sense of guilt. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else feels this way. And, and, And the couple of times that I've actually been pulled over and where they're asking, you know, have you had anything to drink? And it's usually I'm just I'm driving tired. Um because you guys know I don't drink. Again, I'm telling the truth, but there's something <clears throat> about it I'm getting questioned, and, and I have this automatic feeling of, okay, well, maybe I did something wrong. Well, what came out during the testimony is that the innocent person has an immediate thought that the police are there to help them, right? If you're really innocent and the police is questioning you, they testified that the the average person would assume, and Amanda Knox said the same thing with Italian police. She assumed they were there to help her get out of this and, and, and prove that she did not murder her roommate. And that's the problem. We walk in with an immediate thought of a trusting of the police, but the police are there to really try and find out who really did it. Mm-hmm. And the the Innocent Project testified that that is a bad assumption. You just can't walk in, even though you want to believe that police are trustful, you just can't walk in and do that. Very, very well said. You, you, you can't. You, you, you really cannot. And this is why they, they tell you. I mean, even when I was a young kid. Now, again, you guys know I come from law enforcement parents. And by the way, if my mama listening, I just want to say to my parents, y'all did me wrong. Y'all would, you know, because they were, you know, I know you did that at school. Uh, uh, they, they, they told me that you did it. So go ahead and tell me what you did. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I would confess. Anyways, but here we are right now, even as a youngster, right, I always had it drilled in me. To ask for a lawyer, to ask for a lawyer. And even though when I was a kid, they know technically they're not supposed to be able to question you anyways. But we all know that they still would question kids and do away with not calling your parents. But 
I just think that this needs to to stay because there are some folks out there that it will work on and they will be able to solve crime. And I also believe at the same time you have this idea that you think that this Mr. Policeman or Policewoman is there to help you when it can fact backfire on you. Watch American Nightmare on Netflix. You'll see what I'm talking about. And Ursula, on that incident you talked about, yeah, I'm going to use a police phrase that was used a lot in this testimony. We know you did it. We know. We know you did it. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was so confident, though. I said, okay, just let's just skip to the point where you want me to blow into something. I'll blow, <laughs> I'll blow it for you right now. 0. 0.00. And, and you blew, huh? Oh, yeah. It was like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have had it recorded. Thank <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt. Appreciate You're you, welcome. Matt. Thank you. Appreciate you so much. Hey, uh, let's see. Coming up here on the G and Ursula show, truancy is starting to skyrocket. What is that? We got kids not going to school, y'all. What should be done about there? Is there a reason this is happening? <laughs> Ursula and I are going to try to get to the bottom of this best we can. Next, G and Ursula show. Ursula show. It is a Monday and we are so thrilled that you're all hanging out with us this morning. So the question right now is what would you do if someone showed up at your doorstep all covered in bear spray? That is something that happened to one of our producers, Paul Holden, who is now here in studio to explain. Yeah, it was a a very interesting Saturday, uh, (laughs) to say the least. Uh, So my pipes had frozen uh, during the cold snap, and my landlord was doing some work. So I heard a knock on my door on Saturday night, and I thought it was my landlord just coming to check in. He does that from time to time to let me know. Uh, I opened the door, and it turns out to be uh, a guy, I would say, probably close to my age, late 20s, uh, 30-ish, and he asked for some help. And asked if I had some milk. And I was like, well, that's an interesting thing to ask for. I don't necessarily know. When was the last time someone has come and asked for some milk to borrow some milk? And uh, he turns out that he was like, I had been, he said, I've been maced. Someone has maced me and they're chasing me with, with mace. And I said... Oh, boy. And uh, after that, he was clearly going through the effects of being maced. You could see it on his face. He was, you know, going in anguish very much. And so he steps back after it. He lets out a scream and then says, I'm done with meth. Uh, was the follow-up oh. uh, there. So uh, basically, I'm I'm kind of like half in my door, half uh, out there, because I didn't want him coming inside. But he's he's not threatening. He's he's completely coherent through this time. He doesn't look threatening? N- not really, but he does dumb to say I have two knives on him. And I mean, I'm still... Wait, he I'm said hesitant. what? He, he does say, like, he tells... He's like, he has some knife, He has some pocket knives on him. Okay, at and, this point, my door is shutting now. I'll <laughs> say, I'm sorry, I'm going to go ahead and call 911. So what do you do? So I kind of was like... All right, let's let's see if we can get you. I was like, all right, well, if you're in danger, I live not even a football field away from a police station, a main, one of the main Seattle Police Department uh, locations. So I said, hey, if you're being chased, if you're in danger, you go right down the hill, you take a right, and the police station is right there. And um, he is like, can you call some people? That I was like, can you call somebody see if they can come pick me up? And I was like, all right. So I tried to call, and it didn't work out. 
on the second phone call when he's talking to his friend, uh, my fiance has gone so into the bathroom. You've let him use your phone, or what? I'm calling. Okay, I haven't. Calling. Okay. He he can't see anything basically. Okay. okay. Uh, and he I, just wanted milk. Well, because he wanted to pour yeah, it sure, on his face sure. to to get rid of the mace. So it turns out when he's talking to his friend, the second number I call, he admits to robbing a, one of the local gas stations, or at least saying he doesn't remember exactly what happens. He was high. He walked in apparently with both of his knives out, tried to grab a bag of chips, and then ended up being sprayed with mace from the grocery store owner. So at that point, my fiance is on the phone with the police. I tell him, I was like, hey. We're gonna call the police to get you to where you need to go, and he he doesn't he and he doesn't disagree. He doesn't say anything. He's kind of admitting, and he was talking to his friend about how he messed up. It was kind of like a rock bottom come to come to Jesus type moment. I feel like for this guy, uh, but eventually the police came. No issues there. They did pull two pretty big pocket knives uh, out of his pockets. At one point, he was taking his clothes off, uh, but more so because he was really going through the experience of the pepper spray. Because when well, I got a look at him, that. he was covered in it and i don't know he was like i don't i've been around a lot of people on meth he was pretty uh upbeat and, 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 and no issues there so but then the cops came and took him away and that that's the that's the story <laughs> oh my goodness i'm so damn mad at you paul <laughs> what? i am mad at that story i don't i'm not feeling sorry i'm mad first you opened the door well, I thought it's just a knock on the door. I thought you, it was a landlord. You, you, you well, not what? only did he open the door, but he you, kept it open for whoa, a while. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I want to. I want to make sure because I, I got questions now. Okay, mm-hmm. what time is this again? It's like seven thirty at night on oh, Saturday. No, it's night. dark. Okay, it's dark. Okay. Right now, so there's a knock, knock, knock. Right, you go to the door. What did you say before you opened the door? Uh, well, my dog was kind of barking and stuff. I didn't see who it was. I just kind of got up from there. And I, like I said, I was kind of under the assumption it was my, my landlord who had been walking around doing work all so day. So you just opened the door? Yeah. Just, didn't uh, even ask who it was? Well, I just opened. Well, because I, yeah, I didn't. Again, he yeah. thought it was his landlord. At that point, when I see it's not my okay. landlord. So then it's, so it's not your landlord. And mm-hmm. you're standing there. And he asks you about, hey, I just got pepper sprayed or bear sprayed or whatever the case might be. I need some milk. At that moment, there, was there anything that said to you, hmm. Why would someone get pepper sprayed or bear spray? Do you think he was just walking down the street and some old lady says, hello, Sonny, here's some bear spray for you? Bingo! <laughs> or do you think, man, someone getting bear sprayed must have done something to get bear sprayed? I definitely definitely was in the mindset of something had gone wrong, but the guy, he was asking for help, and at that point, I was, I was trying to offer... Before I really saw that he was going through the experiences, I thought he was ODing. I thought the initial request was that he had taken something and he needed help because he wasn't really rubbing at his eyes or everything. He was kind of just yelling for the first stuff. Uh, but yeah, that I, I definitely thought something was wrong, but there is a newly formed uh, encampment near me. There is a lot of area up there. I kind of thought it was just a disagreement between people. And How far... Exactly how oh far did he get inside of your home? You didn't get it, not a step inside. This you stayed all, there. This, I, I basically stayed the whole time, half of my body in the door, like in my house still, half out. Because my thing was, if it did turn, I could either jump back, shut the door, and he's not getting in. Or I go forward, shut the door, and I take him outside, and then my fiance is all right on, on the inside. Uh, but like I said, after talking to him and stuff, I, I, I was still on edge. But I didn't feel immediately threatened because I was... 
really trying to see if this guy did need help initially. But once the story developed, mm. that's when my fiance was on the phone with the police. The, yeah. the police were this was the second phone call I made, and then and they got got there pretty quickly. Oh yeah, I, I, like I said, I, oh, why I, so I really felt like it was okay is I'm I'm not kidding. You can be at a police the police station from my from my front door to the officers in three minutes is this by North walking. Precinct? It's uh, I'm right by North Seattle College yeah, there. North, North yeah, okay. I mean it is right there, and they were already out looking for him. So oh, okay, yeah. great. Well, yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, so so I want to get this straight. So from the top, the police are looking for someone that was bear sprayed with two knives and paws. Like, hello, how are you? You need milk? Um, do you want almond milk or you want two percent? We didn't have any milk, so we didn't we, we didn't have anything. I, I mean, to so contemplate. What is your so what is your message for everyone listening right now? There's some kids. Would you suggest going to your door, opening it up without asking who it is? You know, I I, I guess I, I could have asked, but to okay. be totally honest, I... I'm okay with how I handled the situation. Mm. I mean, it's because it's it turned scary. out well. Right. Well, could, why do you assume that somebody covered in pepper spray <laughs> is is a criminal and not the victim of a crime automatically? Because okay, I'm glad you asked that. Because most victims do not get pepper sprayed unless there was some type of uh, uh, deal where the police sprayed everybody in a crowd. Other than that, if you are sprayed one-on-one, that wasn't because you're a victim. That's because you are probably the alleged suspect at the time. Over That's 100 why. people got That's pepper actually- sprayed in the Northgate Mall a couple years ago. Oh, my God. Okay, Chef. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually what the cops said verbatim no. to me was, uh, was uh, he's not the victim here. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> is, is exactly. Actually, exactly my what he sympathy said for him ended uh, very quickly. Uh, Cindy from Bothell, though, says it perfectly. Please always look to see who's at at the door. This really could have ended in tragedy for you. At, you know, I it, 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 we learned a with lot. The man it, with two knives. You, you, you just said you'd do it again. Part of it, I don't know. I mean, it was you learned a again. lot, but I also want to be I want to be looking out for somebody if they you're if they nice, come to be You're a nice help. guy, but if someone knocking at night, I would just keep the door shut and call nine one one. I did, you know, I glad it all worked out. Exactly. Glad he knocked on your door. <laughs> That's what my landlord said. Too. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Um, we had a scenario come in from a listener. Chef, did you grab that breath? We got a good one. And it has to do with Ursula voting. So we'll be doing that next. It is the Gene Ursula Show. Scenarios is brought to you by 1-800-DUI-AWAY. It is the Jen Archer Show. Good morning, everybody. It's time to get to Scenarios. Hey, y'all. We have a friend who filled out the Washington voters ballot for her boyfriend. He was diagnosed with Asperger's and had no interest in filling out the ballot, so he gave her permission to fill it out. However, she liked and he signed it and dropped it in the ballot box. This didn't sit quite right with me. 
If he wasn't interested in voting, then it seems to me the ballot should have been destroyed and disposed of. Otherwise, it feels like she's gotten two votes as a result. Not even sure it's legal for this to occur. I won't rat on her. I won't rat her out on this, but it still bothered me somehow. Your thoughts on this? Thanks. 888-973-5476 is the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. Ursula, you're up to bat on this situation. Okay, so... It would have been one thing if uh, the woman helped this person fill out the ballot um, with him there and uh, just ensured that he would fill out the ballot because it sounded like he wouldn't have voted otherwise. But the way it was done and then he signed off legally, he he might not get in trouble. But if that word got out, that would be a violation of the law as I read it. Because I'm looking at the uh, law regarding elections, and it says here that uh, you need to be aware that it is illegal to forge a signature or cast another person's ballot and that attempting to vote when not qualified or attempting to vote more than once or falsely signing this declaration is a felony punishable by a maximum imprisonment of five years and a maximum fine of $10,000 or both. Mm. So... While technically he signed off on it and she didn't forge his signature, it really was her vote, right? right. I mean, so. Because he said, fill it out how you want to. Yeah, exactly. And then he just signed off on it. Yeah. I'm sure that happens a lot, you know, where, where people are like, I'm okay with you doing that. But technically, it looks like a case could be made that it's against. So I would just, I would just try to encourage, this is what we do. We try to encourage our, like, uh, one of my sons is living out of state, um, so anymore he's not voting over here. But our other son, we're trying to get him more in, in, involved in elections and trying to get him interested. Mm-hmm. And so we try to fill him in on you know what's on the ballot and you know kind of get it so that he has a more consistent voting record. Yeah. Well, yeah. we have situations where you know you get. Let's just say, hypothetically, you get four to five ballots that come to a house, and they're laid up on the counter, right? And one person goes through, does all the voting, licks it, gets it on there, and tells everybody in the house, sign this, sign this, sign this, sign this, and then they go and they put them in there. Like, technically, you're not supposed to do that, but you can't find out because it was all signed by different people. Exactly. Uh, So, I understand this person writing in, Chef. I would kind of be bothered by that, too. I'd, I'd be bothered by it, too. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if, if you do have a disability and you truly can't fill out your ballot, you can, you know, go to your local voting office. You can have somebody who's assigned uh, who can fill out the ballot for you. There's accessible voting available. But my understanding is that this guy is not disabled to the point where he cannot fill out a ballot if he can sign his own signature. So, yeah, this is illegal. But, I mean... I can tell you, like, I remember sitting in church services as a child listening to sermons where the pastor would say, okay, remember, husbands, sit down with your wife this weekend. It's voting weekend. Sit down with your wife, and you're going to need to fill out those ballots together. Right? No like, way. how many? How many? Ma- look, no- how many married couples either vote together 
or have one of one of the couple fill out both ballots. I, I'm assuming that's pretty common. I'm assuming that uh, Papa doesn't uh, uh, coerce Mima into who to vote for. Hold, hold no up, hold way. Up. Hold Are you serious? Up. You're so funny. You know what? I'm just gonna okay. Pull the curtain back. Both of them. May they rest in peace. My dad, German citizen, could not vote. He never changed his citizenship. My mom did change to become an American citizen. American citizen. So she would vote. And I don't know how many times I would tell my dad, I was like, could you stop telling mom how to vote? This is mom's vote. You didn't, you've decided not to become a U.S. citizen. You don't have the right. <laughs> so, yeah, this idea that it doesn't happen. I mean, give me a break. And I, and I also don't believe that there's no, like, in church, like, are they really persuading? Oh, the who, leads, who leads she, the family? She is being, okay, stop. Okay, she is, she is being facetious and. <laughs> what? I'm being real. <laughs> who leads just, the family? Just shocked. <laughs> you mean to tell me, really, in real life, husbands and men out there would tell the wife who to vote for? Wow. <laughs> Okay, you know what? Text us, 888-973-5476, cairo uh, We'll keep it anonymous. What goes on in your household? Oh, good good, good question. Nick! Well, the dude gave the go-ahead for the fill-out. Now, the, back to Ursula's point. If there was no word on what's being done, that's another story. In this case, though, too busy maybe, doesn't care enough to pick up the pen, fill out the bubbles on his own. He's got the ballot, gave her the nod. At this point, if he doesn't holler about who you're voting for or how to fill it out, it's fair game. You can send it to the mail however way you want. It might still be hard to get a signature depending on how much he cares, though. You might have to motivate him. But at least it's not Joe on the street you're asking to fill out the ballot. <laughs> hey, Ursula, your question was good because they coming in right now. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. coming in. I fill out my wife's ballot. We're politically very aligned. It's the same result. What's the harm? <laughs> oh, wow. So sometimes in our house, uh-huh. we'll joke around and go, well, we just negated each other right now. <laughs> yeah. One votes one way, the other one votes the other way. It's like, well, I guess nothing changes in our house. I don't even. I don't I even. Do, I, I do I, not give up my right to vote. No I don't way. even. So check this out. I don't even ask my wife who she votes for on the ballot. Oh, I, on, Are you on, I do on every part of it. I don't know. I. I, I guess I always. I feel like your vote in. Amongst your friends, how much you make, and there's just some things like that's your personal deal. Okay, here, okay. Now, now that we threw this out there, though, ballot. A few folks are saying we are making the case for in-person voting. Scott and Snoqualmie Ridge says that. Hmm. Uh, I, we don't have time. I could go in on that one too, but (laughs) there's that. All right, good topic right there. But it's going to have fun in the next hour. We're going to have agree to disagree. Um, In it, what do you think when you see a young child use their allowance to help the homeless? Are you like, ah, or are you skeptical? We'll discuss that next. It is Gino Slope. 